Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You're digging the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast with LD, Will the Thrill, and TJ2. Hey guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. I'm your ho ho host, LD. <laughs> Along with me for the ride, as always, is. Twinkling lights, TJ two, the deuce. Yeah, I was okay. What are you drinking? Oh, that made nothing. Just drinking tea today, but here's hoping that everybody out there is getting their bells rung and their stocking stuffed. <laughs> wow. That okay. Was dirty. And then we have Winter Wonderland. Will the thrill? I feel like I really need a cheesy announcer voice in response to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just gonna say greetings and salutations. Come All on. right. So this is our Christmas episode. I hope you're feeling merry and bright. I hardly know her. Uh, okay. All right. Anyway, I'm <laughs> full of holiday cheer right now. This is not exactly a slap nuts. It's not exactly a proper episode, but we found ourselves with an extra week. And we space decided filler. This is a space filler till we do our in memoriam episode next week. I'm still prepping that list. It is very large. And this year, I won't say it's 2020 or 2016, but it's it's full so far. So mm. uh, we had some really, really heavy hitters pass away this year. So that will be next week. But Mr. TJ, too, why don't you usher us into this beautiful <clears throat> celebration that we're doing today? I will do that. So uh, in the spirit of the season, we're tackling a couple of Christmas themed topics. We'll be doing, and there really weren't any parameters for this, but your top five, uh, like Christmas or holiday foods. Yes. Uh, so I guess that's that's about as wide open as it gets, because I mean, some people have there some people have traditional fare, and then you know some people then, eat like beef jerky and try to it down with Jack Daniels or whatever. Uh, and then so we're, just on we're we're somewhere in the middle. And we're somewhere <laughs> in the middle, and so I guess just whatever that means to you. Then we'll have our top five favorite Christmas movies. I'm betting there's going to be some overlap on that one. I tried. Uh, I tried have, not to. I actually. I did too. I actually tried not to overlap. Okay. And then we have our top five Christmas songs, and that's that's where I, the one where I did a little bit of extra credit. I actually pretty much stuck to the top five on the other two. So, yeah. except for songs, this right? Is, Mine this was. Is like a, this is this is this is our gift to you. And we're giving the gift of face filler. My my and the my obligation Christmas movies. To do a program. 
my Christmas movies are where I did a little bit of extra credit. Like the food, okay. the food was like, yeah, I could cope up with five. The movies were like, oh shoot. <laughs> so the movies, because could have done extra Christmas songs, but you're gonna see something very funny in my list. So we're doing that one last, and there's a reason for that. But what are we hitting up first, T? I uh, say we tackle our favorite Christmas slash holiday foods. All right. Who wants to go first? All right. You know might you go first, LD. All right. Okay. So we, our Christmas traditions are weird in our house. Would you say that, Travis? Like uh, we, pretty much, yes. We, we don't open Christmas presents on Christmas Day. We do our, like our stuff happens on Christmas Eve. We don't really have traditional food or traditional dinner. Like our mom makes this massive spread that she just puts in the kitchen for us to graze around. So my list is a combination of things that I'm used to eating on Christmas Eve and things that I like to make. So I've made two of these so far and I'm going to make another tomorrow, I think, because I forgot how much I loved it and how much I, I really want to make it again. Ooh, so I get to eat it too. You do. Okay, so I'll go ahead and tell you. One of my learned that I could really make very good peppermint bark. So, so what I did was, and I'm going to bring some home for you, T, so you can enjoy it. But if it, I have anything to say about it. It is, I'm making more tomorrow. Don't worry, there'll be plenty. It's regular, the semi-sweet chocolate. It is white chocolate and it's dark chocolate. And I add peppermint, what do you call that? Oil? Peppermint? Extract. Yeah, extract. I mm -hmm. use peppermint extract. So it's very breath minty good. The other thing that I tried to make and failed, so I'm just going to let mom make it, is I tried to make fudge and I, I failed so hard. Somewhere in this process, I did not do it correctly. <laughs> But mom makes this fudge, and it's absolutely amazing. Do you like mom's fudge tea? Of, of course. But, you know, when you make fudge, there's some price. And I don't bake, I, so I, I don't I don't make fudge. But you make you taste it sometimes, and it has a grainy consistency. I don't don't know what that, if a step was missed or if something. But sometimes when you'll have fudge by people, it has almost like a gritty, grainy texture to it. Yeah. But it doesn't taste bad. It's just weird. It's like eating. It's like eating really delicious sand. I'm convinced that there's some kind of witchcraft that happens, like when you take it, like the cooling process. Like I feel like that's where it lives, and some people Probably. are really apt at it. I don't know how it's done. Uh, yeah, uh, you know what though? I will say who has really good fudge is a our mom and b Bucky's. Bucky's has yeah, amazing Bucky's fudge. But I tried to make fudge. <laughs> T will appreciate this. It was. It's called Velveeta cheese fudge. <laughs> Oh, God. So it, it was, is witchcraft. It's literally a half a block of Velveeta cheese, two sticks of butter, a like two cups of cocoa powder, and then two pounds of powdered sugar. And pounds. Pounds. The entire bag of powdered sugar. And then you add vanilla extract to it. So I made it, and it tastes fine. The flavor of it is totally fine. It's the consistency that really irritated me because it was almost too crunchy and I couldn't get a knife through it. So I failed at that, but I made really good peppermint bark. Oh, yeah. So we got peppermint bark. We got mom's fudge. Mom also makes this herself, um, at least she is this year, is pimento cheese sandwiches. I cannot, yep. I cannot go a Christmas without having mom's pimento cheese sandwiches. I don't know what she does. There's some sort of witchcraft, and she cuts the crusts off. 
and she does are- and i don't it doesn't like they're good there are a couple of very good store brands of pimento cheese there was one that actually used to be made in our town that we're from and i don't remember the brand name that place closed but i don't think if hers is store-bought it's not one that i i ever have other than when i eat her community sandwiches yeah well she said she was making it there's something different about it she said that she was she was making it so i don't know if she's made it before but whatever she did because i think she added mayonnaise to it but like I don't know. I just like pimento cheese is now Christmas to me. Like I can't do Christmas at mom's without pimento cheese sandwiches. Um, This is another thing I make and I've made it at your house. I made it when you guys uh, lived in, it wasn't the union, it wasn't the union house. It was the apartment, right? It was the apartment, I think, um, where I made reindeer poop. Do you, do you remember when I made that tea or did I make that at your house? Um, I don't remember. I definitely remember eating the reindeer poop, which is just, you can isolate that. That's <laughs> my a standalone yep. thing. Yep. I remember eating reindeer poop. Um, <laughs> I don't remember if you made it at our house before, but I definitely recall you, you providing it at one point. Yes. Yes. And it's so tasty. It's like peanut butter, condensed milk, powdered sugar, and that's pretty much it. And it's super easy to make, but it's super tasty. Uh, I think I'm going to make that again this year as well, because it seems a little bit easier than fudge. So I'm going to have to get mom's fudge recipe. And then for my final item that I cannot fathom celebrating Christmas without, and that is my brother TJ's barbecue. Whatever Mm. he does in the smoker is freaking magic. And that just says happy holidays to me. So that's your one compliment that I'm giving you this year, Travis. Nobody. thank you. Nobody can smoke meat like you can. Again, you could probably just take that as a standalone <laughs> clip and play that for some great music. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, offering. Yes, my yes, re- rendering up burnt offerings <laughs> is yes. kind of a kind of a a hobby of mine that I enjoy pursuing. Uh, yes, and you're very very good at it, and we are well, very good at is actually going to our very first sponsor break, and we will be right back. Sweet. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. And we're back. All right. Uh, So who's going to go up next? Will, why don't you go? Okay, I've been conscripted. So yes, Christmas foods. I naturally gravitate towards the dessert tray, so I don't think these will surprise anybody. I am a big fan of a traditional croque-en-bouche. I'm sorry, what is this? Ah, oh, yes. Yes. Yes, you're Cro- right. Yeah, crack-en-bush. <clears throat> yes, the crack-en-bush. I love that crack-en-bush. You know when they take a bunch of pastries and put them together in the shape of a Christmas tree? No. You've never seen that before? No, you live above the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> What the <laughs> hell are you talking thing. I don't know. What, what but, are you uh, talking about? It's, it's basically cream puffs and pastry glazed over with a sugar so you can form them into the shape of a Christmas tree. And you take each one off, and usually it's served with creme fraiche. It's a very old-school one. What is creme fraiche? What is this? You're speaking Latin. <laughs> what are you talking about? Actually, you're it's French, a, but it's a romance language. You're so. culinary hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I like pimento cheese barbecue, and you're like, I like creme fresh. Ew, look at us. We're the kinds of people that wear matching pajamas. Oh, okay, Put your pinky up. I just like how it's a French dish, and everyone went with a British accent. Because <laughs> it's pretty we, remarkable. We have eight listeners in France. Come on, man. We do, yes. But a croquem bush, I think, could be a great centerpiece for a Christmas party. My next one is going to be one LD that you know you that a poivre? Oh, um, yeah. That would be nasty. Wait, that's what that means? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a a, a, no, a poivre is, uh, is basically a pepper crust. Yes. You wouldn't put that on, on a croquembouche at all. That would be very odd, yes. Well, I mean, you could. It was just. So you're saying you ain't putting our poivre on the crackenbush? It's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I picture a crackenbush like the giant octopus. You know, I, got, <laughs> I got pepper on the bush. What? Hello? <laughs> Again, just Michael, isolate all of these and just <laughs> go to town. Uh, Next one is something that I think can be enjoyed year-round, but is traditionally enjoyed at Christmas, and that is the tricolored rainbow cookies, LD, that you see me munching on. Yes. The little Italian ones. Yes, I know mm-hmm. those. Yeah, because yeah. they, they served them in the market basket. Was that right, that they had them? Or was it That's pub- one Publix? place. They do have them at Publix? I don't know. But, I mean, let's be honest. Outside of the Northeast, everything else pales in comparison. I mean, that's where you're going to get the best. You go to, like, the off-the-beat bakery in the village, and that's where you will find outstanding rainbow cookies. I mean, no question. Yeah. Um, okay. Did we get them for Nanny one year? We did, yeah. That was in okay. Brooklyn. No, no, it was in the Bronx. 
Yes. Frogs. Yeah. yeah. They were excellent. Yeah. And Boston's I, North End, too. Really good. And see, I'm not a fan of a lot of cookies or like cake or anything like that. So I'm not like a massive fan mm-hmm. of those. Like, I will eat, you know, the chocolate chip cookies at night before we go to bed sort of for like a sweet treat. But like, I'm not a connoisseur of the cookie. Oh, for me, that's that's Christmas right there. It's the dessert tray, period. Fair enough. Uh, so rainbow cookies. My next one, I'm glad you brought up, Nanny LD, as she celebrated a momentous birthday this year. She also prepared one of my favorite dishes. I don't know what the right name of it is, but it's basically sweet potatoes covered nope, in brown my brother, sugar. My brother's already out. Yep, he's out. Yep. Sweet potatoes, brown sugar with marshmallows on top, and you just bake the whole thing. It's just a casserole. Yes, it's a very tasty casserole. Yes, it's it's, a maybe sweet potato casserole. Maybe? Yeah, I, don't know. I think it's just a sweet potato casserole. Now, mom makes a wicked one, but my brother will not touch it. He, I don't get that. Yes, I, I do think not that understand. Dish called, uh, I think that dish is called uh, sadness. Oh, I love sweet potatoes. <laughs> I, I still can't get over you don't like sweet potatoes. It's I a love... dish called. It's, it's a dish. It's a dish called sadness. I okay, but see, I don't eat <clears throat> onions, and T loves onions. <clears throat> It's just a thing like it yeah they're just do, i do not care for sweet potatoes at all wow. not, and in fact if i put a spoonful of sweet potatoes in my mouth literally it would make me gag that's well insane. that's the same thing with relish with me and relish i mm, you oh, don't get along god well the the first time me and will you know me and will first started dating he had gotten a hot mm-hmm. dog with relish but didn't uh, tell me there was relish on it and he learned really quickly and with a new shirt that i do not bode well to relis not the uh, best idea not no no relish for me yes so the sweet potato casserole is my number three number two is what we discussed it it's peppermint bark peppermint bark is awesome point made <laughs> nailed it no notes and my last one is another culinary baking treat have any has anyone had bourbon balls yes i don't i love bourbon balls don't know if i have yeah they're a little it's a like a doughy kind of pastry with powdered sugar, but you cook it with bourbon. And whenever Nanny was a little looser with her wrist on the bourbon, oh, that was a fun time. It was like <laughs> yeah. a, it's basically like a drunken donut hole. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Just yeah. saturated. Okay. And the bourbon just kicks. That was awesome. So you said her name multiple times. Nanny is a pistol. Yes. She just, she just turned 100 this year, and mm-hmm. at, she was the only female allowed in the groom's suite the night before my wedding and apparently she helped polish off a bottle of johnny walker blue and then wanted more and then wanted uh-huh. more yeah, she did uh, yes i was there she did. <laughs> you were with us Travis. <laughs> but she's she is a hundred and she is a pistol even now she's like because you know turning a hundred not everybody gets to do that so she turns a hundred so we go visit her and you know to help her celebrate her birthday And I say, Nanny, you know, how did you get to be, you know, why do you think your secret is that you made it to 100? She goes, I did what I want and everybody left me alone. So it's nice. (laughs) Perfect. I just don't think, I don't think death has noticed her at all. He's just like, man, let her go. (laughs) But Nanny liked the nips. She liked to nip. Yes. She loved Guinness. She loves Guinness. Oh, she did. So, Yeah. I don't doubt that she had a, lo- a loose wrist when making those. Oh, yeah. And the bourbon would definitely warm you up on a winter's night. So that's my list. Nice. All right. So, T, you are up with food. All right. First of all, quick honorable mention to the little butter cookies that come in the metallic tin. Oh, really? Okay. God, core yeah, like unlocked. Yes. And then ones you put- that are, you know, one, you know, they have different shapes. There's the pretzel shape. There's the kind of slightly oblong 
you know, like square one, there's the round ones. They have the big fat crystals of sugar on them. They're, they're, they're just a delightful holiday treat. And this then, honorable mention to fruitcake. Fruitcake sucks. But then you take the tin and you fill it full of buttons. That is like, <laughs> that becomes your sewing. It becomes tin. a thing that you keep. Yes. Usually sewing equipment or matchbox cars or. Yes, sewing equipment or something, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just a thing, and you put it in your linen closet. That's just where it right. goes. Yeah, that mm -hmm. is honorable mention. Butter cookies, dishonorable mention. Fruitcake, fruitcake sucks. I feel like there's only five fruitcakes in the world, and they just keep getting back on the shelves and being resold because no They've one been ever resold and regifted for a few hundred years now. <clears throat> so, on um, my actual list number five, booze. <laughs> just, I mean, booze. <laughs> Just a just general booze. idea. Beer, yeah, just wine, champagne, booch. whiskey, bourbon, vodka, mimosas, Bloody Marys. Just, I don't care. But it's, uh, it's all festive. Number four. <clears throat> uh, this is a, a specific thing. It's a breakfast casserole that is made every year for this, on my dad's side of the family, breakfast that is held every Christmas Eve morning. Oh, I love that. I remember the one year that we, it was me and you and cousin Dave. Mm -hmm. And we drank moonshine. Yeah, and regrettably. Uh, God, that's when I, you puked yellow. Or no, orange. I, I puked orange and went blind for an hour. Yeah, and then you had like nicked your nose, like the inside of your nose, and because your blood was thin, like you had bled out and like crusted to the pillow. Yep. And then Dave was underneath the table, and when he got up, he like wanged his head. And then yep. all of a sudden, we hear like thirty cars coming down the driveway. All of them horn, but blowing their horns, blowing their horns. <laughs> I hated them so much. And so we come out. I've got like puke on my shirt. You got blood all over your face. Dave's not wearing pants, and he's got he's like rubbing his head. <laughs> your whole family is just out there, like your side of the family. Like, and then they start screaming jingle bells. I was yep. going to kill them. I was going to kill them, but there were too many of them. Now, now, if I'm not mistaken, Cousin Dave reprised his role as pantsless under the table when I visited for Christmas, didn't he? I do believe he did. He has, Probably a, so. he yeah. has a habit. <laughs> yeah. Thought I was going to kill that entire side of the family. Like, yep. it was going to be on the news. Um, I don't even know what all is in the breakfast casserole. But yes, we almost made the news that morning. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the bottom, the base of it is like flattened out crescent rolls, I think. And then there's cheese and eggs and sausage and all kind of stuff. It's good. Ooh. Yeah. Number three, this one's going to take LD back. Mac and cheese, but specifically our grandma's mac and cheese, which basically was about five macaroni noodles floating in a sea of melted cheese and butter. Oh. Okay. Do you, in a crock pot. do you want to feel like you got left out of something? Grandma sure. gave me the recipe. I think I have it. I've just never made it. So, okay. I will tell you what's oh, in it. Made it. <laughs> okay. I made it like three nights ago. So good. Um, okay. So it's a, it's an entire box of macaroni noodles and then it's salt yeah. and pepper to taste, two eggs, evaporated milk, not condensed milk because condensed milk's too sweet, but you use evaporated milk, one can of evaporated milk, one cup of regular 2% milk. And then as many cheeses as you want. So I used a till and seventeen pounds of butter. Yeah. Uh, well, I used two. I use a two sticks. So was that a cup yeah. of butter? So I use a cup of butter. So I put a stick in the, the the crock pot, and then I after I boil the noodles, you pour it in there. So the heat from the noodles melts the butter. Then you put the other stick of butter on top and let that melt, and then you 
spin it around to make sure that the butter gets into every noodle. And I use Tillamook cheddar, regular cheddar, bag cheddar, mozzarella, uh, two kinds of goat, gorgonzola, and aged English cheddar. So there are eight different kinds of cheeses in the macaroni. Mm-hmm. And it is the greatest thing on the planet. It's yes, it is. I would probably just use block cheese, but... You could do but, that. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, eight different yeah, cheeses. And probably, I would probably use sharp white, sharp regular cheddar, and maybe some Velveeta just for the melt. You know. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Maybe you know you could then you can play around with things like gorgonzola or blue cheese or whatever. Add a little, but I've been making tart. this. Yeah, a little tart or a little yeah, a nice smoked Gruyere or something. You know, I was actually going to put Gruyere in it, but I couldn't find a block. And by the time I had, they had raised the price from like six dollars a block to like nine dollars a block, and I'm like, that yeah. is. That's too much, and it's not that much cheese in the pack. So yeah, and actually, not Gruyere. Smoked Gouda would be something I would probably use. I like Gouda. I just don't know if Gouda would work because it's a little bit too stringy for me. It's like a little it's, soft. Yeah, it's a little, a little hard little, to grate. Yeah. Well, what you do is you put it in the freezer. Really? Put it in the freezer, just enough to firm it up, and then grate it. Yeah. All right. Okay. So macaroni and cheese. <clears throat> the mac and cheese was number three. Number two for me, ham. Just ham. Just ham. Hey. Just ham. Just a, a delicious, a sweet, delicious pig's ass. Ah. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, I've actually tackled uh, on on two occasions fresh hams like myself. I bought a whole fresh ham, like leg bone still in it, skin on it, and uh, smoked it two different times. Um, they take a very long time to cook, but it's totally worth it. But you could also just buy a honey ham or a spiral sliced one or whatever. I just like ham. And finally. Number one on the list for me, I think I have the name right. Ant used to make these things. I think they're called haystacks. Mm, yeah, with the coconut? It's like Chinese oh. noodles, peanuts, and they're kind of stuck together and covered in chocolate. I thought it was coconut, too. Maybe coconut or maybe a little peanut butter in there. But uh, but they definitely, it's like crunchy Chinese noodles and peanuts. I know are in there, and, and the whole thing's covered in chocolate. She used to make this this little elaborate dessert tray every year, and there were a couple of things that were always on it, and that was one of them, and that was my favorite. So nice. that is my uh, favorite food list. All right. Nice. Okay, so that's our favorite foods. If you guys really want any of the recipes for anything that we've talked about, let us know. I actually took the recipe for the Velveeta fudge from a cookbook by Dylan Hollis called Baking Yesteryear, and I'm so <laughs> excited that we got this cookbook because it is... Travis, I'm going to bring it to Christmas so that you can see it, but it's my copy. You can't have it. It's mine. It's from, like, the 40s till now. And so okay. he collected all of these great recipes from all the different eras. And it goes all the way up to the 80s. And then he even has the worst of the worst, which is something like SpaghettiO Jello. <sighs> and it's made in, like, a bun cake. It looks hideous, and it's got, like, cocktail wieners inside of it. That is a that's a that's a, a crime against God and man. Imagine so, making this and telling yourself everything is gonna be okay. <laughs> what was that? The saltine It was, was like that? depression pudding or something? Yeah, it, it, was, it had saltine crackers in it. I don't yeah. remember what it in was. Pudding? In it was, pudding? If I could, it was, it was if I can find the clip, I'll send it to you, Travis. But okay. uh, all right, mm, so that let's sounds, that sounds delightful. It's not. So all right, we're moving on to Christmas movies. Christmas movies. TJ, why don't you go first? Okay. I have a couple of honorable mentions, but I'll save them because I don't want to unnecessarily pick any of y'all's off. I'll read them at the end if you, you don't use them. My top five is a is a pretty is a pretty 
common top five, I think, for a lot of people. So I'm afraid we're, we may have a few intersections, but you said you intentionally tried to avoid that. So eh, we'll see. Number five for me, you know what? It's a cheesy movie, and I don't care. I enjoyed it. The Santa Clauses. No, that's totally the Tim, fine. Tim Allen? The, the Santa Claus. Yes, huh. Tim Allen. It's got the greatest name play in film, I think. Like, Legally Blonde and The Santa Claus are the two best titles for films, period. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's an enjoyable movie. I liked it. And I don't, you know what? The sequels weren't terrible. Yeah. They weren't. They were all, they were all good, funny movies. I think I watched it up to the second or third one. What was the one with Martin Short? I think that's that's the third one. I think I saw it up to that one. Okay. But anyway, that's my number five. Number four for me is The Muppet Christmas Carol. Never seen a Muppet movie. Oh, nice one. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's baffling. I don't know how this has gone this long. What? You've never seen a single Muppet movie? No. No, there is an asterisk there. We did talk about this. Okay. What was it? I don't the Dark know. Crystal. Okay. I don't know if those are Muppets. because They not- are. It's, it's Henson. Are you sure? I'm 100%. Uh, I would say it counts as a Muppet movie. Okay. Well, first of all, it has the Muppets. Who I, I mean, I just love the Muppets anyway. But it, it also stars, I believe, Michael Caine. Yeah, he's Scrooge. No. Is in that. From what I read... He agreed to do the movie contingent upon the fact that he allowed to be played to play everything straight, i.e., I'm going to treat these Muppets like people. I'm interacting with people. I'm not going to act like I'm talking to a frog. This is, you know, he was going to go about his, you know, his very studied and, and trained and professional acting. And I'm going to, you know, no, Muppet is Cratchit. And that's who I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> so, but it, it's great. It's a great movie. It's a great retelling of, of A Christmas Carol. Okay. Um, so it was number three. This is one I felt Will and I would overlap. Scrooged. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's not on my that, list because I knew... That's an all-time classic. One of you would be it. Fantastic. It's a great cast. It's a just. It's a great movie. I'll, I won't talk much about it. I'll, I'll, since Will, I feel, probably has it on his list, too. Number two, uh, this is one of the most quotable movies of all time. I have a cousin who watches this movie every day from the day after Thanksgiving until Christmas every single year. <laughs> and we randomly trade quotes. Just, we'll just text each other quotes from it back and forth. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's it's iconic. Are you serious, Clark? Howdy, Rusty. neighbor. Is Rusty still in the Navy? <laughs> There's, it's just endless. There's Every line is a gem. Shooter's full. I have a shooter's full sweatshirt. I've never seen it. Are you... You've never seen my sweatshirt or you've never seen the movie? I've never, never seen, seen the, the movie. movie. Okay. You're not allowed in my house until you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I think that's a fair You're not coming to my house in, until you've seen that movie. <laughs> Will, I need you to take care of that. I want it. <laughs> Grace, she died 30 years ago. The blessing! <laughs> what an absolutely spectacular it movie. It is a gem. It is. And that's that is that's the movie where cousin Eddie really he goes from being the the really sketchy, dirty character in the first movie to still well, he's still really sketchy and dirty, but he becomes slight slightly more lovable and a little bit more ingrained in the overall story instead of just a weird, you know, pervy character who French kisses his daughter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> before he got banned for life from Broadway, right? Correct. <laughs> Don't punch your producer in the face. Like, it's just just that easy. (laughs) And number one for me, 
This was an easy one. It's a movie I'll watch on Christmas Day about seven times. That would be a Christmas, <laughs> a Christmas story. story. Yep, there you go. Um, the story of the the story of Ralphie and his quest to have Santa bring him his Red Rider BB gun. It's timeless, endearing. It's funny. LD actually knows one of the stars of the movie very oddly. Nope. And nope. Okay, it's on my list, and I'll explain that caveat in my list. Okay, but I'll also tell you on one serious note: the there's a there was a there's a scene in that movie when Ralphie realizes he got the BB gun, and he's starting to tear into it, and he's you know going crazy, and he's pulling out the BBs and shaking them. There's just the way his dad looks at him just hits me different for some reason. Mm. Just especially since my own father died. It's just there was the first time I watched that movie after, after that, that they got to that scene. I just started bawling out of Aww. nowhere. My wife was like, are you okay? I'm like, it's the baby, the baby gun. Mm. Just, just senselessly because I did get a BB gun when I was, you know, about 11 or 12 years old. So, but Aww. anyway, just, it's, that's just, it's a, it's a great movie. It's, it's beautiful. It's touching. It's heartfelt. It's funny. It's got everything. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's extremely fragile, and that's my list. Very nice, nice. Shall and yes, I do have I do have a leg lamp, courtesy of LD, a leg lamp ice trays, <laughs> so I can make ice cubes that are the shape of leg lamps. And then I never thought that I would ever see the day where not only my brother went willingly to a musical, but also took his family. And my brother for Christmas one year was like, "Shut up, get in the car, we're gonna go see." a thing and he takes me to this theater and it's like in a chicken coop am i remembering that right there's like a well like there's it's the barbecue chicken, place with the chicken coop yeah the barbecue place i took you to first yet well they had free range chickens walking around your tables while you ate yes to me they're a little judgy i don't need i don't need a chicken <laughs> looking at me while i'm eating his brethren and then, uh, but then uh, we went to the flat rock playhouse yes um, which is a very nice venue and it's really yeah. pretty and we saw a Christmas story. And it was great. I was yeah, I had a lot job. of fun. They did a really good job. It was a lot of fun. So do you want to go now, Will? Or Sure. Okay. Ho, ho, ho. We've got to go. Take a commercial break. And we are back like that fruitcake that nobody wants. I can because we do have some crossover. But I do have a couple of picks, I think. Add to the gumbo, as they say. My number five is all time Christmas classic near to my heart, bring the friends, bring the family, and watch Gremlins, because Gremlins is awesome. One or two. They're both Christmas films. No, they're not. Two is also, yeah. No, it's not. <clears throat> Takes place during Christmas. No, it doesn't. Don't they make a whole point that it does? No, because she talks about Valentine's Day. No, the, first, the first one, no, it's... It's, it's definitively Christmas. Christmas yeah. Because she retells the... Story yeah. about her dad getting stuck in the chimney and dying. and But the second and one... The, and they the, never the, ended the, it again. The second one is not, though. The second one takes place in New York City, and I, it I doesn't... Don't, I don't remember enough of the plot of the second one. The first one definitely is centered... I mean... It's around Christmas. That's one of those movies where I... And I think it's debatable whether it's a Christmas movie, but I would certainly allow that one. Part two, I just okay. I don't even remember it that well, to be honest with you. Okay. Then part one. we agree on that? Yes. yes. Sure. That one's perfect. Awesome. Next one, again, a bit of an unconventional pick. It's one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite directors of all time, and it is centered around Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and that's Billy Wilder's The Apartment. Yeah. Nothing says Christmas like infidelity yep. and abortion. 
Yeah, it's a little darker, um, but I do enjoy that movie. I think uh, Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine are amazing. And again, Billy Wilder remains one of my favorite directors of all time. It's just the dialogue is outstanding. It's just a it's just a great movie. I think it's a movie you can watch at any time of year, but technically it does take place on Christmas. It is a Christmas movie. Number three is the classic. I know LD has some catching up to do or else TJ won't allow her in his home. But at least we checked this next pick off the list. Again, great movie any time of year, but it is centered around the Christmas season. It's a wonderful life. For sure. I only I only yeah. saw it once and I thought that it was it was super that was, cheesy. That was one of that was one of my honorable mentions for mm-hmm. sure. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. Absolute classic. And the rest of mine are all repeats. Number two is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, because I mean, again, pick a line. It's it's a classic for a reason. And my number one is, of course, Scrooged. Have to watch it every year. One of my favorite movies. Bill Murray makes great holiday movies, and Scrooged is among the best of them. And that's my list. All right. I Very realized nice. I realized like ninety percent of my my movie picks are films where people get really hurt. <laughs> my number I didn't really number these, but uh, the first one I'll talk about is Home Alone. For I sure. Was, yeah. Okay. I was like, we saw it together, didn't we, or did we? I think so. Yes. Like in the theaters? I think we did. I believe we did. Yeah, I think so. At our, at our town's 99-cent movie theater. Yeah. Uh, it's a great film. I can't not say that uh, I also love Home Alone 2, uh, but it's got Tim Curry in it. So, you know, there's nothing like the original, but if you can trump yourself in the sequel by having Tim Curry take on a role, you win. So that's me. My second one, Love Actually. There's literally not a single good person in that movie. Everybody in that film is a terrible person. And you criticize me for putting the apartment on my list? For content, they're about neck and neck. I mean, yeah. I, there's so much messed up stuff. But I did see a post the other day that says, if you watch Love Actually and then you watch Die Hard, you'll just see that he's getting, was it Hans Gruber is getting punished for what he did to Emma Thompson. So, oh, the late Alan Rickman. God, Alan Rickman is such a, I miss him. Uh, my next one's Edward Scissorhands. That's uh, a really good pick. Yeah, again, people getting hurt and a lot of terrible people. Weird Christian lady that's playing her harpsichord. Uh, she's terrible. And then Anthony Michael Hall went through this weird thing in like late 80s, early 90s, where he was like, I don't want to get these roles of, you know, the, the kid that gets bullied all the time. And so he just like bulked up. And I'm like, that's not, that's not Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, it was Anthony Michael Hall. But yeah. It's great. I think it's one of Johnny Depp's best performances, especially since it's like his, his beginning of his weird pasty character that is completely awkward set in a town that is Tim Burton-esque. But it's a good one. Of course, I have Gremlins on mine. But the next one, which I really feel like this Christmas movie is really what the spirit of Christmas is about. And uh, when I watch it, it really puts me into the holiday spirit. And that's Krampus. Oh, I do love that movie. <laughs> it's so good. Was it? Her name's Conchetta, right? The late Conchetta Farrell, yep. Yeah, she was great in that movie. But if you don't know, Krampus is a a film about a creature that will basically encase you in a snow globe if you don't behave. But it's well, great. The Krampus lore is... It's really deep. Yeah. Like, there's a lot yeah. to the Krampus lore. I'm just basically sugarcoating it, but... And then we get into our overlap, which is A Christmas Story. And I said, yes, I will tell you the the weird thing that I know multiple characters from A Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One that I am the closest to is Zach Ward, who played Scott Farkas. We made a movie, God, 
back in, it had to be in the late 90s, early 2000s, and it was called The Pink House, and I played what was called The Party Animal, that's how I remember where it was, because they were like, we need rave clothes, so they wanted people that had costumes that could be rave costumes, and I just happened to have that, but so I know Scott Farkas, and then I also know the kid who played Flick, Scotty Schwartz. The thing is, we met Scotty at the same place where me and Will met. Will the Thrill. It was a bar called Sardo's on a Tuesday night. That was called PST, which stood for... K. PSK. Sorry, PSK. What I call it? PST? Yes, I know what that is. <laughs> I don't even know. PTSD. It stood for Porn Star Karaoke. And so, you know... The industry would go and do karaoke. I was unaware that this was a night, and I just wanted a drink on a Tuesday night. And I met Scotty Swartz. So, yay. He's a very nice guy. Both of them are super nice. Uh, I want to say I met someone else, but I cannot remember who it is right now. But, yes. And, I have and way back in our, uh, gosh, two years ago now, almost three, in our Eddie Van Halen series, we learned that Yano Anaya, who plays Grover Dill in The Christmas Story, also plays Mike Anthony Jr. in the Van Halen Hot for Teacher video. <laughs> Amazing. Which I did not know until then, huh. until, we, until I unearthed that as I did prep for that series. That's hilarious. Travis, do you remember, and I own, I don't know how I got it. It came out in like 1977, 1978. Uh, this is where we're getting to the territory of people who might not have even heard of this stuff, but The Little Brown Burrow. Little Brown Burrow. <laughs> You remember it? Yes. Yes, it was a yes, I remember the cartoon. Yes, I and those still, are the last words spoken. And I still have it on DVD and I watch it and it's so sad because it's about a little brown burrow and nobody wants it cuz it's too small. But then Jesus sees it and he's like, "You're the perfect one." And so he picks his burrow or God sees it or an angel. I can't remember which somebody sees it and is like, <laughs> "You're the perfect one." And it gets to be the burrow that carries Mary to the manger and it's you don't know it's a christmas movie until that point so that's one of my favorites i love prancer 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 was was another honorable mentions yes was it yeah sure it's, was it's just a cute little magical film that was just made for like 14 year olds and it's adorable and i love it then this also puts me in the christmas spirit especially when i was living in los angeles less than zero it does take place <laughs> over christmas fair <clears throat> <clears throat> It's Robert Downey Jr. In, and uh, it's one of the first roles you could actually see Brad Pitt in. Like, if you watch it at the Christmas party, he's, like, wearing a striped shirt and he goes dancing by. And you're like, that's Brad Pitt. Isn't one of Robert Downey's first role, too? It's one of them, yeah. yeah. And then the last two that I'm going to mention, for anybody else, would be Nightmare Fuel. But if you happen to get the feed from WGN Chicago... On Christmas, they would play a series of Christmas cartoons from, like, the 40s and the 50s. And they were really disturbing now, if you watch them, but, like, they're comfortable to me. So, I feel like, Travis, you might remember them, but one of them was called Susie Snowflake. Mm, no. it's, it's terrifying. Here comes Susie Snowflake dressed in a snow white gown. Do -do 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 -do. It's terrifying. And then the other one is Hard Rock and Coco and Joe. I'm Hard Rock. I'm Coco and Joe. I'm Joe. Yeah, do no, you that remember one that? I do remember. Okay. Uh -huh, I remember that. Yeah. So 
that's my list. Uh, not your conventional I, stuff for the most part, I feel. Yeah. Can I just say one other thing about uh, the Christmas story? Of course. Um, it's a perfect, it's a perfect movie. And I've seen that they're trying to, are they're going to do another sequel or prequel or rebate? Just leave it alone. They've just done, they've done two. They've they, already, they're talking about doing another one. I'm like, they all oh, suck. Geez. So just, they've got three the of them. Suck, the reboot suck. They all suck. Just leave it alone. They've got. It's a perfect, it's a perfect film and it can't be improved upon. They've Don't got, try. they've got three. So. Think of something that, here's an idea. Think, how about having an original thought, you uncreative son of a bitch? I mean, fair. All right. So. Y'all actually picked off. I have, there are only two on my honorable mention list. Y'all didn't pick off. I'll. Lock, knock them out real quick. How could we not mention Ernest Saves Christmas? Oh, my bad. It, whoops. And, of course, Bad Santa. I mean... One of the most in a, h- hilariously inappropriate funny movies in the history of I the world. I can't even remember. I feel like I've seen it, but I don't know if I have. I'm not Oh, uh, Bernie sure. Mac was in it. Billy Bob Thornton, of course, is... Is bad Santa? Yeah, and Cameron Diaz? No, it's no. Not. Lauren Graham, maybe. Maybe I just remember you know the f me Santa f me that yes, part yep, like yep, but uh huh yep 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 but, mm-hmm. but yeah I don't yeah I can't remember if I've actually seen it or if it's just been so many clips out there that yeah. I feel like I know about it so but yeah that okay all right well good lists and that. uh Leaves but one, friends, and that is our favorite Christmas songs. Yes. That should probably go last because I didn't even come close to Simon of picking just five. How about you go first? You sure? Yeah. You really I, sure? Cause yeah, because I'm going I'm to close it. It's fine if you do. I, I don't think you'll pick any of mine off. If you start, okay, if I feel... I actually, have, I actually have three separate top five. <laughs> oh, my God. Pick, <laughs> two, pick two of them. No, pick okay. Here, here's what I'm going to do. Two of them, I'm just going to... I'm going to breeze through them. If y'all want to say something about it, just stop. Okay. Okay. Because I actually have a top five favorite instrumentals. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Number five is Twistin' Bells by Santo and Johnny. Okay. Uh, next is Carol of the Bells by Trans-Siberian Orchestra. That's on my list, yep. 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 That's fa- that is fantastic. They're spectacular. Number three, Mannheim Steamroller's Deck the Halls. Oh, yeah. I, Mannheim Steamroller and uh, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra go super hard on their music, and I am totally fine with it. <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, the Mannheim Steamroller, one time and maybe still, is so popular, there's actually like two or three different touring versions of them. Really? So many, they're so in demand, like during the holiday season, they can't just one band can't fulfill all of the dates. It's like the zombies. Right. Yeah. That's they, but so they have, there are a couple of iterations. I think Chip Davis <laughs> orchestrates, so he selects all the musicians, he orchestrates them, he's in charge of all of them. But it's, there's like two or three different touring Mannheim steamrollers. Interesting. Yeah. Number two is a an absolute banger that you may never have heard, but. It's Gary Hoey's version of Linus and Lucy. Oh, I've heard it. I have oh, heard I it. Oh, I thought you were going to go with a different one. The piano piece. The okay, so Gary Hoey playing it hard rock guitar style. It is awesome. Because he's got another one on that album that could fit as well. I think he's. I think he did an entire instrumental Christmas album. I, I believe he did, yeah. I think he did. And num- my number one Christmas instrumental would be The Ventures with Sleigh Ride. Okay. It's a surf rock version of Sleigh Ride. Yeah, that it's makes really, sense. It's, it's really good. They did a whole album too, and it's actually good if if you like if you like weird surf rock Christmas music. Okay, then I did 
a top five. I guess you would consider these like more traditional Christmas songs, hymns, maybe. Possibly, I guess this category would put these in. Number five, I've got Vince Gill's A Little Town of Bethlehem. There's not much he can't sing and it sound good. Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he could sing like the ingredients off a box of chiclets and you'd be like, oh, wow, that was really sweet, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> when you got to the part about xanthan gum, it really got me. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, Whitney Houston's Do You Hear What I Hear. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Because when somebody gets to the line with a voice as big as the sea, you want the person to actually have a voice as big as the sea, and Whitney she does. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely on my list. Number three is not one probably many people have heard, but do y'all remember the country band from the 90s called Black Hawk? No. They did Every Once in a While. They did um, Goodbye Says It All, Sure Can't Smell the Rain. They had a, they had some hits in the in the 90s on the country charts, but it was it was Van Stevenson who had had you know, you know some rock hits coming up to the 70s and 80s, and two guys from the Outlaws, the the country kind of southern rock band, they got together and formed this country group. Really, really good, like tight three part harmonies. But they did a version of uh, We Three Kings, which is just killer. If you've never heard it, check it out. Um, number two, Martina McBride's Oh Holy Night. Okay, yeah, specifically she- the version where. It, she comes in a cappella for about the first two lines. Man, it'll give you chills. So freaking good. Martina McBride, I feel like, maybe I just don't run in the right circles, but I feel like she's so underrated. She can wail. She's amazing. Yeah. If you've never heard her do that one, that is, she absolutely obliterates it. It is a fan. She absolutely sings her tail off. It's great. that Her version of that is awesome. Mm. And number one on my, you know, more more traditional list would be Trisha Yearwood's Walk Through Bethlehem. Speaking of people who can wail. Fair. Trisha can. And that song is fabulous. Super, super touching and kind of reminds you what the season is all about, really. And now my top five. This is my last one. <laughs> my final top five list. We this should just make more... it. I love that you have like a top three of top fives. <laughs> I have, this, is the, this is the third of my top fives. My top three of my top five. This is more, mostly like more secular kind of Christmas songs. Number five is Christmas Baby, Please Come Home by Darlene Love. Okay. Yeah. That's a classic. It's great. The funny thing is, she actually put that out in the 60s and it was not a hit then. It became much more popular later on, partly driven by the fact that it was a favorite Christmas song of David Letterman's, and he had her on his show right before Christmas almost every year, Aww. starting about 85 or 86, which is actually, I think, how I heard the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so, were. Yeah, David Letterman would actually have her starting back on his old NBC show and then all the way through to, to his of CBS. And I want to say, you can look me up, there's like only one year she didn't appear on Late Night with David Letterman to, to perform that song. Um, so that's a, certainly a favorite of mine. And, and again, she just absolutely sings her butt off on it. And there are other versions that are people might have been more well or more familiar with. Mariah obviously did one. You two did one. But just I've always liked Darlene's the best. Number four for me, when I say the name of the song, LD is going to want to mail me like a nut keg. Overnight it, probably. But no, let, let me finish. Okay. All I Want for Christmas is You by Vince Vance and the Valiants. Okay. <laughs> no, All right. All right. Not, not Mariah Carey's. That song actually preceded Mariah's by a couple of years, and they're not the same song. They they share a title, but that that's it. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that songs can share titles and not be the same song? Correct. What? Yeah. Mind blown. 
Okay, so that song is by a band called Vince Vance and the Valiants, and there have been some lawsuits over it recently. They seem where I think the guy who wrote that song is suing the folks who wrote Mariah's song. They're not the same song. They just happen to have the, you know what I mean? That seems a little bit. That seems a tad specious to me on its face. And I don't, I can't remember the girl's name who, who sings that one, but she can, she absolutely shreds it. I love her vocal on that song. It's fantastic. Number three, you could pick a lot by this guy, but I'm going to go with Merry Christmas Baby by Elvis Presley. That's nasty, just nasty, bluesy. I've got the whole, I think like a, like a collection of like all of Elvis's Christmas songs because I really like Elvis's Christmas songs. And Blue Christmas would be one everybody would probably know better, but Santa Bring My Baby Back to Me and some of some of the other ones, terrific. But I've always loved Merry Christmas Baby. Number two, and it was uh, hard to divvy up number one and number two, but I'm going with Tom Petty's Christmas All Over. That's just joyous. That song just makes me happy, um, especially the drum break. It's terrific. And number one on my list, hailing from Will the Thrills Old Stomping Grounds of New Jersey, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, I give you the whirling dervishes with your remain one, Mr. Grinch. That's the a good bangin'est, one. rockin'est Christmas song in the history of the world. It's pretty amazing. I love the, I love their version of it. And I have a few honorable mentions, but I'll, I'll, I'll wait till the end. Thank you. All right. So now that Travis has named every Christmas song, uh, I think that's our show. Don't you let me go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Funny enough, we have one song that overlapped, but not the same version. Okay. But, uh, Will, do you want to do your list? I do, and surprisingly, with that uh, compendium of Christmas tunes, we only have one overlap. Huh. Excellent. How's about that? I figured I'd start with just getting people to come at me. I love this song. It's cheesy as hell. Go ahead. Hate all you want. Guilty pleasure. Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's hard to hate. I mean, you can may not like it, but you don't hate it. easy to hate. Look, I fully admit it's not a great song, but I, I enjoy it. I listen to it every year. Do with that what you will. Next one, I'm actually going with one that's been done by several bands, but I'm going to isolate one specific version as my favorite. Please Come Home for Christmas, and I'm going with the Eagles. Okay, that's Terrific fair. Terrific song. It's yeah. song. Emily's voice is just perfect. Next one, TJ, I'm actually surprised you didn't pick this one off, but I will gladly claim it. That's right. From ACDC, I'm going with Mistress for Christmas. Yep. <laughs> That is a great song. God. No. I want a mistress for Christmas. Oh, it's so great. Wow. Classic. Absolutely classic. Then we come to the one overlap, and that's, of course, Trans-Siberian Orchestra's version of Carol the Bells, which is just outstanding in every way it could be. I think to this day, don't they play a Christmas Eve concert every year? They do, usually a Christmas tour, I think. Yeah, I think they do a Christmas tour, which culminates in the Christmas Eve concert, yeah. And my number one, I don't see how we could leave him off this list, and that's why I'm putting him on there, but I had to pick one of two, so I'm actually going with Weird Al's The Night That Santa Went Crazy. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Yep. Because yep. there's another option, but I chose to go with that one, it's a little kitschier. Well, because you have Christmas at Ground Zero, so is it is it the song Christmas at Ground Zero? No, no, I went with Night Santa Went Crazy. I know that, I'm saying <clears> the <throat> other song. Yes, it's Christmas. Yeah, like that would yes. obviously be the ultimate. Yes. Yeah, correct. All right. What's next? That's my list. Okay. See, that's how you do a Christmas list. So with my with my list, I literally picked four off of one single album. Four songs out of five are from my my favorite Christmas album of all time, 
which is a very special Christmas three. Now, the four that I picked were Oi to the World by No Doubt, which is a ska punk uh, song about two warring gangs, and it's great. Uh, The next one I picked is also Christmas from Blues Traveler. And there's forgetting about that one. It's there's it's a great one. It's really melancholy, which like Blues Traveler does really well. Like the mountains went again. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, no, they do great songs like that. Um, Yeah. Okay, that's a great song. The next one will go "Children Go Where I Send Thee" by Natalie Merchant. Okay. And that's the. I don't don't think I'm familiar. Okay, it's "Children Go Where I Send Thee." How shall I send thee? I shall send thee one by one. Well, one was a little bitty baby wrapped in swaddling clothing, lying in a manger, born, born, born on Christmas Day. But it's Natalie Merchant, and it's like bluesy and funky. It's done in her style, and it's awesome. Uh, and then one that will, the thrill will agree with me. I chose Oh Holy Night, just like T did, but I chose it by Tracy Chapman. Okay. Um, if you guys haven't checked out this album, it's really good. It's it's called A Very Special Christmas. It's got Sing, uh, Sting, it's got Snoop Dogg, it's got Blues Traveler, it's got Chris Cornell, it's got Dave Matthews, Patty Smythe, Smashing Pumpkins, No Doubt, Enya, Mary J. Blige, Steve Winwood, Natalie Merchant, Sheryl Crow, Hootie and the Blowfish, Johnny Lang, and Tracy Chapman. So it's, oh, it's hell of a lineup. It's such a good album. I literally could have picked all of them. But for my number one Christmas song, I go with Santa Baby by Eartha Kitt. <laughs> the Pride of South Carolina, yes. Is she really? I will never. Yep, she's from South Carolina. I will never be famous enough to be the pride of South Carolina. Ah, same boat. That's so sad. <laughs> it does make me sad. Yeah. So that's that's it. That's our our episode. Yeah. Um, except for my, I have like seventeen honorable mentions I need to mention. I have like five more lists of top five lists of honorable mentions. No, I don't you, really have that. How many, about you? How about you save that till next year? Yeah, yeah, real, real quick, I'll just let me go through them real quick. Okay. Uh, Step into Christmas by Elton John. Okay. I can't read my handwriting. What does that say? Why don't what you? What does that say? I told. It must. Uh, it must have been Old Santa Claus by Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> I can't. You, I White love Christmas you, by the Drifters. I love that you asked me your handwriting is, and we don't even have our video on. Right, and you <laughs> and like you could read it anyway. Christmas in Dixie by Alabama. Uh, Candy Christmas by Dolly Parton. Yes. The 12 Days of Christmas by The Muppets with John Denver. And because we lost him this year, there are several versions, but this is my favorite. And we, you know, we'll send it up for uh, Parrot Heads Everywhere, Jimmy Buffett's Mele Kaliki Maka. Yeah. And we will be touching on him this year in our In Memoriam, which is going to be happening next week. For sure. So I'm just going to give social stuff and then we'll chat for a second and say goodbye. But if you think we're doing a great job and you, you find it in your holly jolly heart to throw us some cash, you can do that at patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven. We have some amazing tiers over there that you can choose from. Don't bother with Twitter. Uh, Instagram. We don't. <laughs> we have it. We almost celebrated two years without posting. So <laughs> let's let's go two years. Our Instagram, though, is active, and that is Rock and Roll Heaven LT. Check out our Facebook page at Rock and Roll Heaven Pod. Still not saying our website. Check us out on TikTok, Rock and Roll Heaven Pod. You can also email us 
if it's something sweet, you can say attention Lindley. If it's you're just going to cuss us out, that's attention TJ to the deuce or will the thrill. They could take it. I cannot. Please make sure to check out all the other awesome Pantheon podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com. And we would like to give a special holiday shout out to two people that we could not do this podcast without that make an appearance occasionally. The other one never appears, but they help this show run on such an immense level. And we really want to thank our editor, Michael Devestia. And he is one of the best editors, you know, we could hope for. So thank you so much, Michael. You make us sound good and cohesive and like we're not rambling on for 10 hours. You are so amazing. And uh, we couldn't make the show without you. And the other one is our wonderful Facebook social media procure poster and all in all amazing human and with her own show with us, and that is Edmund Thea. We could not do what we do over there on Facebook and Instagram without you. You guys really make the show, and we are so thankful for you. So go show them some love wherever you can. And yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. TJ, is there anything that you would like to say to the audience? Absolutely. Hope you all had a Merry Christmas and a wonderful holiday season, and uh, thanks for making this a great year as you always have and bye everybody all right will the thrill all right keep your hopes high and your standards low wait no um (laughs) (laughs) thanks everybody for checking us out it's going to be a good year coming up ahead we got a lot of great artists to cover and enjoy christmas be good to one another and stay golden pony boys and pony girls all right and last two things on the docket if you guys have not checked out the movie wonka yet please do it's delightful I was pleasantly surprised by it. We went in and there was no bar. Like, literally, the bar was on the ground. If the people showed up in the film on our TV, it was already higher than we expected. It blew me away. There were points in that film where I was, like, openly crying. So, cannot suggest you go see Wonka uh, too much. It is a joy of a film. I loved it. And you can see flashes of Jean and... It was it was really well done, and uh, Timothy Chalamet was awesome. He nailed it. So if you're looking for a great film to share with your family over the holiday season, go check out Wonka. It's really good. Now, I will say, since we're a music podcast, the songs are serviceable, but not as good as the original. Mm. Um, it's only when they bring in pure imagination, and you're like, okay. They're, they're good enough to get you through, but I don't think any of them are memorable enough to become classics. But they're fun. But they're fun. It's a lot of fun. And to wrap up the show, I will say, since today is Christmas Day, it's time to do our annual Wamhala check-in. How did you do? Please go over to our Facebook page and let us know, are you still in or are you out? TJ, what happened? I ascended to Wamhala at a Christmas parade as, I can't remember if it was a home heating and air conditioning company float or waste <laughs> management float. No. <laughs> by blare, blaring the dulcet tones of Andrew Ridgely and George Michael. So you have ascended. I think it was waste management. It was like a, a company that legitimately, I think, provides porta johns for like concerts <laughs> and other large events. Drove by with like porta potties sitting up on a float with, you know, like some little elves and stuff dancing around and, and they were playing last Christmas. And, and I, that, that was the end of night. I'm sorry. We actually got taken out at a weird museum. Yep. <laughs> we went, we, we, we stopped in this like little town and it was called what honey? Do you remember? S- South Pittsburgh, South Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, it's in Tennessee and went in 
because I wanted to uh, buy my very first skillet, my very first cast iron skillet from this place called The Lodge. And they had a skillet museum. And so I was like, let's go to the weird museum. And so we pulled off the freeway. We go to this weird museum. We're in the shop after we go into the museum. And they started playing it. So we got out at the Lodge Skillet Museum and Outlet. Uh, and that was on December the 2nd. So here's the other caveat to that. I have not heard the song since that day. No, I haven't either. If we had just stayed out of Lodge long enough to not hear the song, we would have probably won. But unfortunately, we got out day two. So to wrap up this episode, I just want to say happy holidays, you guys, whether it's Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or the winter solstice, or it's just December 24th for you guys. We love you so much. You are the reason why we have this show. And I just hope that you guys have a safe and happy holiday season. We will be back next week with our in memoriam. So that is the new year's e uh, the, sorry. Yeah. The new year's Eve show or the new year's day show. And so we'll get that out to you guys. And then we might take one week off and then come back with our series on Graham Parsons. So again, thank you guys so much for checking this episode out. Check us out next week when we do our in memoriam. And to finish off this episode, I feel like there's only one song that's appropriate to play. And that's going to be Wham's Last Christmas. <laughs> Listen to it all you want, guys. We love you. We'll check you out next week. Goodbye.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 